women have been preaching in many, many denominations over decades. In fact, just within the United Methodist Church, women have been officially preaching for 65 years, but um, no one has invented the microphone that works when you don't have a belt or a pocket. So there will never be true equality for women ministers until that is invented. So if you're wondering what this is, it's, it's me trying to hold the microphone. But good morning. Before I begin, I, I just want to clarify that, that I am not Sarah. So if you came here expecting the new minister, I am sorry. She will be here next week. It will be awesome. But I am Heather not Sarah, you can um, kind of consider me the, the, I don't know, the, the opening band <laughs> with, with the main act coming next week. And just like all opening bat acts, I, I guess this is the time when you go and get your t-shirts, get a beer. Well, if, if you do need to leave, just exit quietly, and I just want you all to know there are no ticket refunds, period. <laughs> But I'm delighted to be with you this morning, as I am delighted every Sunday I walk into this holy space. Open table is such a blessing to me and to the community. So I am grateful for this space and very grateful to be with you this morning. Let us begin, but with a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, we come together in your holy space with our hearts full of expectation Help us to lay aside our worries and cares. Help us to take a deep breath. Help us to rest and to be present for you and your son, Jesus Christ, now. Open our ears that we may hear your holy scripture. Open our eyes that we may see your loving people. And open our lives to your hand and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning is Mark 5. We're going to be reading verses 24 through 33. And, and this scripture is usually referred to as the hemorrhaging woman, if you, if you look in your Bible or in a Bible study. But I'm, I'm renaming it this morning. I'm, I'm going to rename it the courageous woman. This, this woman has incredible, incredible courage. And, of course, there is an important part of the story that, that talks about the healing that she receives from Jesus. But it's also the story of someone who was unseen and who was finally seen by Jesus. Now, we've all probably experienced one or two times when we have received healing, but I believe more of us have received times when we were not seen, when, when the jerks told us that we did not deserve to be seen. I think many of us can relate to the courageous woman. So let us hear the word of Scripture. Let us hear the word of Scripture today. Mark 5, 24 through 33. And a large crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years years. She had endured much under physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better and even grew worse. 
she had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately, the hemorrhages stopped. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? The disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? Jesus looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing that had what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Jesus said to her, Daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. <laughs> Many of you probably read and follow Nadia Boltz Weber. If, if you don't, she's a very popular progressive Christian writer. She's a, a Lutheran minister, and, and she was the founder of a church called House for All Sinners and Saints in Denver, which was an intentionally inclusive community. Our writings are a blessing to many, and, and, and she shared this blog post from the past this week. And, and the reason that this blog post sort of came to the top of the pile was in, in the past week, um, several of the Catholic hierarchy, the Catholic leadership, said that they were thinking about denying communion to politicians who are pro-choice. Those of us, including us as United Methodists, who have an open table policy for our communion table, took this very seriously. And Nadia's response, as always, was beautifully written. And, and here's how she responded. Here is the story she tells. When her church was only about a year old, she had a, a young woman named Rachel, who was a member. Rachel went home to Grand Rapids to visit her family. And that Sunday morning, she called Nadia her minister. She was clearly upset on the phone, and, and Rachel appeared to be crying, and she said, Nadia, I'm at my parents' church, and they're taking communion. At, at that point, Rachel's voice cracked, and she said, and they won't let me take it. Rachel was crushed. She went to a church where everyone was invited to the table. So... Nadia asked, do you mind if I share this story with the church this evening? And, and Nadia did as they were putting the tables together and cleaning up the chairs. She told the rest of the folks about Rachel. And this is what their response was. We need to meet Rachel at the airport when she comes home. And we need to share communion with her. And that is what they did on that Wednesday night at about 10 o'clock, Rachel landed at Denver International Airport, and she was coming down that escalator that we all know at any airport. 
And there she saw her church family. And, and they had the sign, like the chauffeur signs that said, Rachel on one side and a child of God on the other. Her church family greeted her there in the airport and, and they went into the interfaith prayer room and they shared communion together. Rachel knew that she was loved and accepted by her church family. And Rachel was changed by that. There are a lot of people who may not feel that love and acceptance. And we cannot underestimate that power. Let's begin with the woman in our scripture today. She had had this bleeding this disorder, this hemorrhaging, for 12 years. Imagine the devastation of that medical condition. But on, on top of that, which made it worse, was that within the Old Testament law, when she was bleeding, she was deemed unclean. And that meant no one in the faith community could touch her or be near to her, even if the woman sat in a chair and someone sat in that chair after her, they would even be deemed unclean. That is the courage that she took as she reached out and touched Jesus' cloak. She could not participate in any religious activities. She was ostracized from her whole faith community. She was even left out of probably the whole society because of her condition. With, with our 21st century minds, we just we have to scratch our heads at this. It, it just it, it doesn't make any sense. Why, why would someone do this? Why would you be forced out of your faith community? But you know what else? People who come after us will also scratch their heads and wonder. How could a church exclude LGBTQ friends? How could a church exclude women from preaching? The future generations will look back at us with the same dismay. For they know everyone should be included. Now this isn't just about our church. LGBTQ people are excluded in, in, in other situations. But in the last week, there's been sort of a celebration. Carl Nassip, who's an NFL football player with the Ravens, came out as gay on Instagram. Two decades ago, there was an NFL player called Wade Davis Jr. And Wade spoke this week to NPR about his experience of being in the closet in the NFL. He, he told NPR that he lived in constant fear, fear that people would discover that he was gay. He, he said he was very conscious of, of everything he did, the way he walked, the way he talked. And, and he shares this powerful story. Davis is, is in the room the day after the game, watching the game film with his whole team. And here's what he says about sitting in that room. Davis says, I remember watching film one day, and everything is recorded. I remember thinking, God, I'm, I'm walking gay. I, I remember thinking I'm standing gay. I, God, I'm, I'm, I'm even running 
gay. He goes on to say, and, and when you're supposed to be in this film room focusing on how to get better at the game, I'm thinking so desperately that no one watching can see me the way I see me. Here is this beautiful child of God, beloved and perfectly made, an NFL player, getting paid to do what he loved to do his whole life. And what is he thinking? I hope I'm not seen, hoping that no one will see him. And of course, it's not just him. People of color historically have been unseen by the people in power in this country. Even today, people who sweep our floors or check out our groceries are invisible. The people who are unseen in the world are the people who are closest to Jesus. And the courageous woman in our scripture is one of those. She thought she had to remain invisible. The world told her to be invisible. And she was like Davis and thought, I hope no one sees me, but I'm going to still try to get a healing touch from Jesus. But Jesus was not going to have anything to do with that. Jesus stopped his entourage in their tracks. And, and they were going off to help a very important man's daughter. But Jesus said, no. This is just as important, and this woman is just as important, and we need to stop, and we need to see her. Make, we need to make sure that she knows that she is loved and she is healed. This scripture, like so many in the Bible, makes it clear that a church must see everyone in order to be a church that is following the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. If you want to follow Jesus, you must see everybody. And there are many stories in the scripture about the, the unseen being made visible by God. We, we all remember baby Moses, right? There was a decree that went out that all the male Hebrew babies were to be killed. And Moses' mom kept him hidden and, and saved him by putting him in a basket. But later on, the Pharaoh did see him. Those people in power who said that he was not worthy to be seen as a baby were also the Egyptian army who were destroyed by a tidal wave as Moses led his people to the promised land. And do you remember the story of Hannah? Hannah is the mother of Samuel, a very important person in the Old Testament. And Hannah was one of two wives... And she had not had any children, whereas the other wife had had children. And Hannah was crushed. And she goes to the temple, and she prays so hard and so passionately that the priest thought she was drunk. But Hannah knew that even though the world said she was not worthy, that God saw her, 
and she prayed to that God, and God not only gave her a child, but she became the mother of Samuel. And Samuel was a very important person in the beginning of the nation of Israel. God saw Hannah and blessed her. Jesus calls the hemorrhaging woman daughter, daughter, which means you're part of this family. You are no longer an outcast. You are no longer alone. I see you, and you are accepted. Jesus was greater than any barrier that people tried to put in front of her. So we have these courageous women. We have the courage of Moses' mom and the midwives and his sister who protected him. We have the courage of Hannah who prayed. And we have the courage of this woman in our story from Mark today who had the courage to reach out and touch Jesus. We need to have the same courage. We need to be building the kingdom where everyone is loved and everyone is seen and no one is excluded. That is the vision of open table. That is what we strive for, for everyone to feel loved here. Not just loved, but celebrated as a precious, perfectly made child of God. No one, no one should ever go to church thinking if they really saw me, they would not accept me. Church is the one place where you should always be loved and accepted. So we can imagine a world where this is true, but we're also to be part of building the world with Jesus where this is true. Where every little girl who says, I want to preach, is celebrated and encouraged. Where when a black woman says, I want to be president, she not only can be president, but she can be anything she wants to be. A world that's not separated between the rich and the poor, the powerful, and those without power. A world where we are all children of God. We are responsible for building a world where our unhoused friends are part of our community. We are part to be building a world where no one is denied communion, but everyone is accepted at the table. I believe this is the healing that we all need. This is the healing that we seek. This is how we can be made whole. So do you have the courage? Do you have the courage of the courageous woman to step out, to speak out, and to seek this healing for ourselves and for the world? For we are a church that listens to the words of Jesus. And we are a church that follows the words of Scripture. And that makes us a church that loves everyone and that accepts everyone as they are. It is time for all of us to follow the courageous woman 
and seek the healing we all need. And that is the healing that can only come from Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.